Hey everybody, it's Lori. And this is Matt. And it's another episode of Teacher Teacher Saves World. Why can't you be more like my stapler? All right, so like we promised, this is part du, as I say in France. Oh, I love when you speak French. Du, that was, that's my two years so of sexy. <laughs> two years of high school. Uh, I probably just butchered that one. <laughs> Anybody who's listening in France probably just like hung up or just. Do we have any <laughs> France the, people in they France? They just went listening? to the next uh, one. Um, just du. Un, they just unsubscribed. Uh, so uh, in case you didn't hear, I wrote a book. I love when you say I, that. I wrote a book and... You're an author. I'm an author. And well, an author to be. It's about to come out. I guess, are you an author if you write it and no one... It's like if, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound? <laughs> I think if you yeah, write I think a book, you are. If you write a book and it doesn't make it out there into the universe, are you, yes. are you an author? Yes, you are. An unpublished author? I guess a, you'd have that qualification. Yeah, I read it. Yeah. All of your readers read it. How right. many people do we have read it? Ten? Yeah. Eight or nine or ten. Yeah. Something like that. All right. <laughs> well, I'm about to go from unpublished to published author. And I wrote a book. It's called Trajectory, The Ten Challenges of High School That Shape a Teenager's Future. And so in it, I pull together, you know, the, the hero's journey that is high school. That, that epic quest that takes eighth graders and turns them into college freshmen that we all go through, that is a systematic, baked-in part of our culture, a really important hero's journey that we send all of our teenagers through in order to create the citizens that we need, right, to keep this world spinning on its axis. Yeah, so vital, yet if you were to go to Barnes & Noble like we did the other day in our yeah. masks yeah. and go to the parenting section, which I did. Mm-hmm. There was shelf and shelf and shelf of baby, toddler, um, elementary school age. Right. I mean, tons of parenting books on the littles. Tons. And pregnancy. Yeah. You try to find the high school ones and it's minuscule. And it's probably the most important oh time. Oh my God. Right? It's the hardest time. I think it's the hardest time bar none. Uh, bar none. Give me a I, dirty diaper. I remember I was <laughs> any the, day of the week. I was the uh, I was the one who was like I couldn't wait for these little little poop monsters to <laughs> to grow up. You right? you suck I because you jinxed us. I couldn't I couldn't wait for them to grow up. I oh. couldn't wait to like stop talking about like dinosaurs. Right. I wanted to I wanted to have like my mini adults around the table. I wanted to yeah. have these sort of these conversations mm-hmm. with my elevated teen minds, yeah. you know? And I wanted to do more intellectual stuff like go to museums mm-hmm. and and not go to another petting zoo. I couldn't handle another petting zoo. Yeah. Right. And, oh my God. Oh, good Lord. Right? What's the saying? Like, um, <laughs> you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans or tell him what you want, right? And. Uh, well, we thought they'd like us. Yeah, God is laughing oh, he's hard at me up. right now. I would take a petting zoo, take a stinky oh, llama any, any and day. overpriced feed any day of the week. Any day. This is by far the most challenging period of my life. It's brutal. So and we're sticking together, huh, honey? Yeah. Really hard. We're doing it. We'll so, save all that for another so episode. So this book, this book <laughs> is intended for, for parents and teachers because we are all the mentors 
of these teenagers that are going through this really important stage in their life. And in high school is a very purposely designed journey that they all must go on. And within it, there are these 10 challenges, like any epic quest, right? You, you know, you head out, you've got to slay dragons, you've got to, you've got to solve the riddle of the Sphinx, right? Mm -hmm. These are things that are developing your emotional state. They're, they're developing your physical strength, your intellectual strength, your, your social abilities. So that once you become an adult, all these different parts of your character have been developed because, you know, as the ancients love to say, character is destiny, mm. right? And, and if we can, in these four years, when their adult form starts to sort of settle in and they start to become who they are, if we could sort of, you know, help them, usher them, give them some guidance and some feedback as they go through these challenges to help them to their fullest ability possible develop yeah. those parts of their character that are just going to help them in their adult life later mm -hmm. and it's true i've had kids hate some of my colleagues hate like vent to me about teachers they couldn't stand kid you not come back you know three years later to visit and they're thankful oh yeah they're mo they're more thankful for that teacher than the ones they loved right you know, sometimes. That's actually one of the things I talk about is is the the necessity of those challenging, talking about the warm demanders, right? Mm -hmm. Those that are really, that pushes hard. That well, they're we telling you what you don't want to hear. Yeah, we didn't really care for them in high school, but we look back and the ones that we really appreciate the most are really the ones that challenged us yeah. the greatest. We just didn't want to hear it yeah. when we were teens. We wanted the easy, we wanted to go lay on the couch and, you know. And you can tell them, you're going to like them later. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> so we are, we are those mentors. Yeah. And while, you know, selfishly we're doing these things because it's, it's our children or it's our students, but really we're doing this because the world needs us to do this, right? Because we need these teenagers. We need them to grow up. We need them to be the next generation that's going to take things over. Yeah. Right. And, and while I want so much for my own son and daughter, I know that my son and daughter are going to go out there and they're going to interact with other human beings. They're going to have jobs. They're going to have relationships and the character and the, the aptitudes that they develop are going to impact other people. Right. And so while we might want these things for our own children or we're investing because we love our kids, we love our students mm -hmm. know that these young people, these teens are going to go out and become citizens of the world. Yep. And so the work that we do as mentors, as teachers, as parents of teens is so vital to just the, the progress We're shaping of the, the world, world of the world itself. And totally. the world's become more complicated. Ergo, our jobs have become more complicated. Totally. So the mentorship has become more complicated. There's really more has. barriers in front of it. There's more distractions in front of it. There's more voices mm -hmm. coming at them. Mm -hmm. um, very different. And so we can't, you know, succumb to it. We just have to find ways to do it right. better. Right. It's our challenges, yeah. you know. And Maybe so, your next book be Trajectory Part Deux. Part Deux. The, the top 10 challenges of parents of, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Their challenges are our challenges. Yeah. And we yeah. got to stick together. All right. Something to think about. Yeah. All right. So last week we gave you the first of the, of the 10 or the first five of the 10 challenges. We gave you number one, which was get healthy, get your body, mind, and soul in order. Uh, number two is grow up, right? We've got to learn how to say no to those impulses and become a more mature uh, adult. Uh, number three was see the future. 
That was about formulating a plan that you want to go out and that helps you formulate goals to go out and achieve something. Number four was master the system. That was understanding that life is a series of complex systems and understanding how to best work your way through those systems, observe how they work, and then understand uh, how to move through them is really going to determine, you know, a lot of how far you get uh, is understanding how to move through those systems. Number five was embrace criticism. And we talked about how this is maybe the most challenging, but maybe the most important Mm -hmm. because it is an incredible accelerant as far as, you know, becoming a better human being is being able to not just listen, not just take criticism, but embrace it, really understand it and, and seek it out. So this week we're going to get to number six through 10. And uh, like last week, we'll kind of set them out first and then we'll talk about each one a little bit. Number six, deal with discomfort. Number seven, learn. Number eight, produce. Number nine, compete. And number 10, handle responsibility. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. So number six, deal with discomfort. Or AKA, don't quit. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, this is a hard one, too. You have the criticism and this one back to back, right. which is good. Right. And, um, you know, one of the, I, I use this metaphor a lot with students because uh, they all understand it. I taught PE for a while. And so they all understand running the mile. It's like there's a couple things in high school that become these sort of like big bugaboos. It's like algebra and the mile. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like those two things, it's like so you just true. like you, 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 Oh. bring up any of those two things and you just get these intergrown here. Yeah. And so running the mile, whenever it was time to run the mile, you just, no. you, and, and you would see it instantly. There were so many different ways that students reacted to it. And the most successful were not the ones that went, Oh my God, it's time to run the mile. No. Right. No. You can see instantly that they had a, um, they had developed the ability to deal with discomfort. We are all going to be uncomfortable when we exercise, especially if we're pushing ourselves, Yeah. right? So at some yep. point in time, right? At some point in time during running the mile, you are going to be hit with discomfort. Yeah. Being and, out of breath is uncomfortable. And we all start every, you know, when you'd go, you'd blow the whistle and it was time to start. Everybody would start off at a, at a jog. Some would start off at a sprint or a run, but everybody would start running. And then you would see them, you would see them at different, you know, it really depended on their level of, of, uh, you know, physical ability, but at different points in time, they would hit that point where all of a sudden it went from this sort of nice, easy stroll to like a st- straight up climb oh, God. and their body was telling them, please stop. Yep. Please. This hurts. I'm tortured. My chest is burning. My legs are throbbing. My head is pounding, all of these things. And some found a way to deal with that mm-hmm. and to push through and others listened and said, all right, I'll stop. I'm going to start walking. Right. And you would see them just start to peel off. Right. And some, you know, just started walking while others found a way to get through it. Yep. They would talk themselves through. Yep. I can they understood. Do this. They knew that there is an end to this. Mm-hmm. Right. I am going to make it through. Yep. And the mile is going to be over in less than 10 minutes. I can handle less yep. than 10 minutes yep. of discomfort. I can do this. Right. And, and then those that found a way to deal with it, made it through, got a good time, built some confidence 
and then went out and did better the next time because they kept working, kept pushing Mm -hmm. and kept getting better times. Meanwhile, those that didn't deal with it, that every time the discomfort settled in, listened to their body and quit, never improved. Yeah. And we can, we can, we as adults understand this in basically every part of our life. So many things in our life, like if, if there was something you ever set out to achieve and you didn't, odds are you're unwillingness to deal with the discomfort of achieving that thing played a big part and you not getting there, mm-hmm. you know? And if you see people in, in your work or in your life that really have success in some areas and, uh, you know, have made it to the higher echelons or whatever, I bet you've noticed that they're really good at dealing with difficult situations. Yeah. They might be, you know, uncomfortable situations, situations socially, emotionally, intellectually, yeah. physically, but they have ways to deal with that discomfort. Yes. And it makes you a better person. I, for the last five years, I was the literacy coach at our school, and that's yeah. since been dissolved. I'm going back into the classroom full time this mm-hmm. year. But literacy coach, when you're like running professional development and you're like with your, I don't know, with your colleagues in a different way, mm-hmm. I was not comfortable. I wasn't comfortable. Oops. <laughs> Someone didn't turn their, oh my their, God, their phone on. off. Portland, Oregon. Uh-oh. Do we have a caller? Do we have our, it, oh somebody, my God. No. Somebody calling into the show? <laughs> Who, how did they know we, we are recording right now? That wow. was magic. Wow. Anyway, I think I'm a better teacher now because I went through the discomfort of looking at education in a whole different way. All right. Gosh. Oh my God. Is that me? Oh, that's you. That was me. <laughs> wow. Now they're calling into my, they're like, is it Portland, Oregon? You, no, mine just says United States. Oh. Hey. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting a call from the nation. The nation is calling. Everybody's wondering, hey, when is this book coming out? Well, that's, Teacher that's must incre- save world, save the world. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're, you save Portland, I'll save the United States, and then we'll move on from there. Oh, wow. my God. Talk about discomfort. No right? kidding. Wow, that was unplanned. That was Good. uncomfortable. That was- no way to deal with that. Awkward. Wow. <laughs> Okay. How many episodes? Is this our first episode? I It feels like it. Wow. All right. All right. So deal with discomfort. Yeah, don't quit. Yep. All right. Number seven is learn. And this seems so obvious. So right? It seems so like, yeah, Duh. of course. But hey, building that store of knowledge. I mean, high school is going to throw so much. You have all, I mean, that's at the core. That's what high school is. High school is, is academic classes. Yeah, you got to learn stuff. You got to learn stuff. Right. And the more that we can learn, the more that we can absorb, the more that we can focus in those classes and really take in that information, really the more the world opens up to Mm -hmm. us. Because, you know, the world is a big, scary place. But the more things you have in your head, the less scary it becomes. Yeah. Because now those things that are unfamiliar, like I have no idea what that is, but it kind of looks like this thing I learned. It kind of feels like this other thing. It kind of looks like it kind of, you know, seems like this other thing. And then you start to make connections to things you have in your, that mental, that, that knowledge library of all the things that you've ever learned. And the more things that we can learn, the more things that we can know, the more people we can talk to, the more conversations we're going to be comfortable entering into the more people we're going to meet, the more environments we're going to be able to exist in because it doesn't seem so foreign and weird and strange. And I have nothing to say and I don't know what these people are talking about. Because things start to stick. And I talk about context. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I know teachers, we always try to create some context just in the lesson where. Yeah. But, you know, if you're somebody that likes to learn and it could be as simple as like just asking people questions, like right. what's it like to be a drive through at the Jack in the Box and open a new fast food restaurant or, you know, those kind of things take mm-hmm. people by surprise. But those kind when you're intellectually curious, yeah. things will start to stick. And we, if you've ever been a teacher of reading, you understand that a child's ability to understand text has less to do with their ability to decode, you know, letters on a, on a page than their prior knowledge, what they have already in their head. Yep. Right. And you know, there's a great example of, you know, um, a passage about baseball where they talk about the different positions and whatnot. And some kid who might, you know, normally score pretty low, you give him that, but he's a baseball player and you give him that passage He's going to score really high. Meanwhile, you know, Susie, who knows nothing about baseball, but scores really high, she, it's going to be like a foreign language yeah. to her, right? The so verbiage, the, yeah. the, the more things that we can put in our head, the more those situations are going to go in our favor. Yep. You know, we have to, we have to learn things. Okay. And I know it seems really simple to include this, but it is vitally important as far as our access to the world depends a lot on what we put into our head. Yeah. We got to learn. Yep. Okay. Number eight, produce. You got to work. Got to make stuff. You got to work. This is great after the learn. I love how you put it in right after that chapter. Yeah. What do you do with what you learn? Yeah. Because one of the, one of the sort of, I want to say, warnings I give to the mentors is the learn one, especially if that one is mastered in isolation without the next one produce, yeah, there's a lot of really smart people out there who don't get the produce part. They're not a worker at oh. all. They don't know how to take all of that knowledge and then put it to use. So these challenges work together. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's why high school is not just about learning. Yep. And that's why I get really frustrated with, with courses or, or classes that put all of their emphasis on like, um, you know, summative assessments where it's all about, we talked about this in the grading episode Yeah, where they put all the emphasis on just learning material because we got to work mm-hmm. too. And we all know this, all of us that are out in the world who have jobs, who interact with other people, we know it's not enough to be a smarty pants. You got to be a worker bee too. You have to. And if you, if you put both of those together, it's a powerful combination. Yeah. It's almost unstoppable. Yeah. And we've, we've had our heart broken time and time again of brilliant students. Yeah. Brilliant. But they were lazy. They mm-hmm. were lazy then. And we kind of would hope, oh, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. Come on. They're going to get it. No, their habits were so entrenched, right? right? Things came easy to them, right? but they were lazy and they just stopped. They stopped growing Yeah. versus somebody else who maybe would ask a question. They might <laughs> from across the room go, what a stupid question. But that person kept asking questions yeah. and kept growing and kept producing and making mistakes and, you know, putting it out there and fixing the mistakes. And those are the kids that get through. Mm-hmm. And they're the kids that you want in your office. Yeah. And they're the kids that you want teaching your student because they figure it out because they're question askers, they're diligent, they are resourceful, and they are tireless workers right. producing. Right. You know, there's tons of people out there. There are tons of 125, 150 IQ point people that are being bossed around by 100 point IQ people because the hundred point IQ person is a worker. Yeah. And they, they show up 
on time. They work. They, they, they learn what they need to. They move up the ladder. So IQ and isolation, you know, that kind of holds you back. But if you can get this produce part. So high school is going to ask you to produce. It's going to challenge you to, to do more work and, and handle way more things, right? Because as maybe an uh, elementary or a middle age, uh, middle school age student, your life is a little simpler. You don't have as many things going on. Mm-hmm. But in high school, right, life becomes more complex. They're going to have jobs. They're going to have, you know, uh, extracurricular activities. They might have relationships. A lot. And they're going to a have more on. schoolwork than ever before. So learning how to manage time and, and have good workflow systems and just that worker mindset that says, as soon as you are assigned work, boom, Ugh. You get going. Come on. You don't find a way to get out Mm -hmm. of it. You don't find a way to cheat. You don't find a way to do as little as possible. You just almost in a a Pavlovian way, you respond, boom, I get to work. Yeah. Right. And so produce. And so these three that we just talked about so far, I mean, I'm hoping that you're starting to see how these things all come together. Yeah. If you have somebody, just the ones we're talking about today, that can handle some discomfort, deal with some pain has a large store of, of knowledge and can really work. I hope you're starting to see how these things come together yep. and why, why they are part of the hero's journey of high school mm-hmm. is because, man, the world would be fantastic if everybody successfully made it through the hero's journey. Yeah. Imagine the citizenry that we would have oh. if they all could deal with some pain that had large stores of knowledge in their head that could produce, that could mm-hmm. work, could show up on time and do the work and produce good work, quality work, elaborate work. Right? Yeah. We'd have a different world. We would. All right. Number nine, compete. Yep. Another good one. Compete. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah. And now, you know, there's a couple of reasons that competition exists in high school. And, you know, one of them is simply that the world is a competitive place. It's everywhere in the world. Every part of nature is competition. Mm -hmm. I even bring up, even if you walk, you know, uh, through a forest, you see a competition happening. It's competition for sunlight, right? Because you have this canopy and you see these plants reaching up and the ones that can break through the canopy and reach the sunlight are the ones that are going to survive. Oh, that's pretty, honey. You know? I was, my, my was, mine was like at a bar. (laughs) I'm like, I was thinking, yeah, if you go to a bar with your girlfriends and there's, you know, the one hot guy at the end, you're competing for his attention. Totally. Yours was so much more beautiful and poetic than mine. Well, you know, that's just the way I go. It's the way I flow. (laughs) All right. I guess I'm more the poet in the family. Um, Well, you can put that when you write your book, you can put that example. Okay. You can talk about the bar and competing for, but I think I, I think I even bring that up because we are, we're competing for like our soulmate. We're, we're right. right, We're, we're competing for, you know, attractive, good, you know, mates that are going to be good life partners. Yeah. And, and so competition exists out there. So Mm -hmm. we have to be comfortable with competition. We have to be good at competition, but just being good at competition because the world is a competitive place is not enough of a reason for it to be a part to be a challenge in a part of the journey, it's also because competition makes us better. Yeah, it does. Competition is one of the most important ways that we know of to motivate and to get us to prepare. When you have a big game coming up on Friday, you have like the crosstown rival. 
how focused are you at practice? Oh that yeah. Intensely focused, mm. right? Because you want to, you want to perform well, you want to do well. So competition motivates us, but also the act of competition itself self tells us, how are we doing? Mm -hmm. How am I doing? When you go out and you have that game, you get some real feedback on how practice went that week. Yeah. Did we effectively develop our game plan? Did we effectively develop our, our personal skills and how did they do against the team on the other side? Mm -hmm. How they prepared, right? You need it. We need it. And, um, you know, um, competition just tells us a lot about ourself. Yeah. And, and kind of like embrace criticism. There's also tons of stories out there of how really successful people find a way to introduce competition into every part of their life to harness its motivational power. Yeah. Right. Um, I kind of remember, oh, what was that great movie? It was um, mm, The Right Stuff. It was about uh, the space race, yeah. right? It was about the um, all those astronauts, mm -hmm. or those pilots that were, you know, competing to become the astronauts that went out into space. And there was just so many great, you know, st times in that movie where it wasn't even like an actual competition, but they turned everything into a competition, yeah. right? They were all in like wheelchairs after, you know, I don't know, some physical test, or whatever. And they were like racing down the hallway. <laughs> like they just, it was in their fiber of their being. Yeah. They, they just didn't let anything, you know, just go. They okay, astronauts have to be the most competitive people uh, on the planet. Fantastic. Don't you think? Cause that to me, they are heroes to the nth degree. You're they right. are so courageous. Right. Can you imagine like getting in a little tube and boop, like yeah. being shot up into space. Yeah. You are how many little incredible. boys, how many little boys grow up wanting Ooh. to be an astronaut and how few actually make it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so of course, you know, those that were the most adept at yeah. developing all these things we're talking about here, competition being one of them, yeah. you know, actually made it I out mean, into you've space. You've got to be competitive with your, your physical being. You've got to be competitive with your brain. You've got to be competitive logistically, um, interpersonal relationship wise. Yeah. That astronaut, that is a good, and you know, they always like throw up and then they have to catch the barf in a little bag. I, that freaks me out, right? Because they get sick. You always That's bring almost the in every astronaut movie you see, <laughs> sure, there'll be a little I bit know. of barf and then they catch it. Yeah. And you have, you have your issues with I do. I have a vomit issue. But yeah. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's a great one. Competitive. Yeah. I would be a terrible astronaut. but yeah. So compete. Yeah, Embrace compete. it. You got you to gotta, you gotta learn how to compete and use it. To, as both motivation and also just a tool to instruct you on how you doing. Yeah. How am I, how am that, I growing? Metric. Yeah. All right. Our final uh, challenge here, challenge number 10, handle responsibility. That seems like a given, but I'm glad you separated it out. Yeah. And because you really see, you know, one of the things that we get to do as, as uh, high school teachers is you know, as a parent of teenagers, you get to see how your teens are doing with these challenges. But on a high school campus, we get to see thousands of teenagers and how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And you see such disparate, you know, uh, levels of success with these challenges. And you see some that are doing really well, some that are doing very poorly. Yeah. And, and this is one of them. And the handle responsibility and the grow up challenge kind of go kind of go together because you got to know when they come in as these, you know, little freshmen, just freshly out of, out of eighth grade by their junior senior year, 
A lot of them are driving. They're, uh, they have a job maybe. They maybe have a bank account where they have a debit card. Mm-hmm. They have a paycheck. They got to manage money because they have to, maybe they're paying for their cell phone bill. Maybe not. Maybe they're putting gas in their car. Maybe they're taking their boyfriend, girlfriend out for a date. Um, and they're also still doing all of their schoolwork. And maybe they're playing a sport or they're yeah. in the band, right? So in just a couple of years, life becomes very complex and life becomes like life, right? I mean, high school starts to mirror life and they start to have all of these things, all of these responsibilities. They got to get their homework done. They got to get to their job on time. They got to give their all in practice. They got to pay their phone bill. They got to make sure they have enough money to take their boyfriend or girlfriend out for a date on Friday night. Mm -hmm. They got to do all these things. It's a lot. They got to manage time. They got to manage relationships. They are going to, you know. They got to deal with conflict resolution when their friend group splits mm -hmm. up, when uh, there's a rumor their, you know, girlfriend was talking to another guy or girl, whatever. Right. But there is a lot going on. And we know as adults, this this is what life is. Life is handling responsibilities. We have to do things. We've yeah. got to, we've got to show up to our job. We've got to pay the bills. We've got to raise our children. We've got to feed the dog. You got to do things you don't want to do all the time. Mm-hmm. And that I think is the pinnacle, right? That is kind of when we try to crystallize with our kids and they're like, it's boring. Yes. Okay. Going to the dentist is boring. Eating Brussels sprouts, boring. Mm-hmm. Paying your taxes, boring. Yeah. But we do them for the greater good, because it keeps our it keeps us healthy. It keeps our life moving. Mm-hmm. And once kids can get to that tipping point of it's not all fun, you got to do some of the boring, mundane stuff to get to the greater joy, the greater contentment. Mm-hmm. That's when they've really reached it, and it takes them a while. Yeah, usually beyond high school. Yeah, <laughs> right, a few years. Yeah, um, to handle the responsibility, mm-hmm. to pay the bills on time. Yeah. To put their, you know, not just order pizza, but to like grocery shop mm-hmm. and budget and make a healthy meal. Right. Like maybe throw some vegetables in there. What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Boring. Now all of a sudden my pants don't fit anymore. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> totally. There's some feedback. Oh, I remember there's that a, freshman 15. There's some criticism. We, you're, you're, we, we, that's feedback your pants yeah. are giving you the feedback. Man, right there. Yeah. So um, so that's it. Those are the 10 challenges of high school. And this is a guidebook. It's a, it's a field book. It's for us. It's for the mentors. It's for the parents and the teenagers. Because our teens need us, right? They need us. They, 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 sure cannot, do. they cannot do this on their own. They need our feedback. They need our assistance. They need our help. They need to do it on their own. They need to make it through the journey themselves because that's the only way that they are going to develop the character that comes from making it through the journey. Yeah. Um, but we're there. Just like, you know, there's a coach on the sidelines. We're that coach. We're the guide on the side. And a lot of times we want to do it for them because it's so painful to watch them make mistakes. Yeah, but that's part of life too. They have to do it. Right. And, you know, I wrote this book and... It's for the parents and it's for the, the teachers. And, you know, I know that we can get so, like I talked about my struggles with, you know, the see the future one and how you want to sort of like, you want to, you want to help make the future for them. And um, this is not an easy 
game here, uh-huh. right? This is not an easy job. It's and, not a clear cut game either. And we just wake up every day and we try to do the best that we can. And just like our teens are going to make mistakes, we're going to make mistakes too. Yep. We're going to go too far and they're, they're going to rebel. We're going to not go far enough and they're going to, you know, make a huge mistake that's going to, you know, cost them and we're going to wonder, time could we or have, money. Could or, we have averted that if we would have done more? Well, stop. Right. Stop beating yourself up. Yes. And, and that, I'm talking and, to myself right well, now. Well, but, but, and that's the point I want to get to um, is we cannot feel like, um, you know, that we're fully responsible for what happens and they have to, they are going to go out and they're going to make the life that, that they're going to be happy with that they want. And we have to let them do that. And I, I struggle with this personally, right? Because I feel like I know what's best for them. Right. But I also know that me as the teenage boy and how I pushed against my parents and I had to go out there and I had to do it on my own. And while they helped and they gave guidance, it had to be my life. And I had to make it my life. Yeah. So, you know, this is not an easy game we're playing. Um, we're going to have some strained moments. We're going to have some moments of joy. Um, but we do the best we can. And we show up every day because guess what? You know, I titled in the, in the, the conclusion, I titled a call to action. The world needs us. Yeah. The world needs us to invest in our teens and to help and to push them when they need some pushing, to guide them when they need some guiding, to step back when they need to be given complete yeah. freedom. And all of these, we, you know, we deal, we need to deal with discomfort, right? We need to, to embrace criticism. Like yeah. we need to also follow these challenges ourselves. Oh, totally. And we're, take we're care still, of ourselves. You know, um, I think I make the point, I hope I did, in the book that Nobody is going to, it's rare. It's the rare child that like successfully completes all of these challenges. Yeah. They're going to do some, you know, great. They're going to really struggle with others. And, but life doesn't end after high school. They're going to continue on. And some of us are still working on some of these, right? I know that, you know, some of these things I did do pretty well. I picked them up in high school and I carried them out, but there's others where I, it took me a a while longer. And there's some of these that I'm really probably still working on. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I know. Think about that. We're 50 and we're still working on them. Yeah. yeah. The hero's journey never ends. I'm still embracing criticism from my pants when they don't bust. <laughs> <laughs> I totally. just love that. Yeah. So, um, oh. so pick up the book, please. It's going to be on Amazon. Make sure you're connected with us on uh, our website, teachersavesworld.com. We'll have all the details there. Tell your friends about it. You know, Put it up on your socials. Connect with our socials. Yeah. Matt will sign it for you if you're local. Yeah, totally. <laughs> if I see you somewhere. Got to do some live Instagram stories with Matt talking about his book. We will. Be cute. We'll figure it out. All right. So that was another episode. Teacher Saves World. And that's the beauty of it all. I hope we're going out there and doing our best. Yeah. You know? And stop beating yourself up, yeah, adults. All, all we have is today. <laughs> all we have is today. Let's make the most of it. Let's love them. Let's push them. Let's just be there. We got this. All right.